0: Welcome to the College Sports Insider, presented by the NCAA and Champion Magazine. I'm Jack Ford, and uh, delighted to have back with us Amy Wilson. Amy, the NCAA Director of Inclusion. Uh, Amy, we've talked before about a, a, a lot of things that are going on with the NCAA and the world of intercollegiate athletics and, and, and student-athletes, um, but we wanted to talk with you today about something that I, I just found f- fascinating, and that's the, the, it's called the Common Ground Initiative. Uh, that the NCA has been involved in, uh, along with a number of other organizations and individuals. Let's start off by asking you to tell us what that is all about, Common Ground Initiative, uh, where it came from.
1: Sure, I'd love to um, describe that. And it's really been in existence for about 10 years now. Um, And it started with uh, Pat Griffin, a former social justice professor at the University of Massachusetts, Amherst, having the courage at an event to go over and to talk with some um, persons from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes who had a booth at the Women's Basketball Co- Coaches Association's event that was very different than her booth. Right. Her booth was more about L- LGBTQ inclusion, and, and their booth was um, about their organization and had some different views about inclusion in that space. And she decided rather than staring each other down, which had happened for years, I'm just going to go over and have a conversation and say, surely there's some things we have in common. And so I think Pat's courage to, to walk over and have that initial conversation um, really started, ignited a spark that has now resulted in the NCA holding three national common ground meetings.
0: Let's go back to that, mm-hmm. that instance you mentioned with Pat Griffin and in, in, in reading a great article that was done in Champion magazine by, written by Rachel Stark. You could visualize, as she mm-hmm. described it, almost as if there was a wall between the mm-hmm. booths there. And then, as you said, it seemed as if she decided, "I'm going to open a door, Mm -hmm. and it's a very small door, but I'm going to open a door and go over and talk with them." And the fact that they all said, "Let's," they went outside and sat and talked for hours. Yeah, you know, to see if there's some, as you said, and this is such a the perfect appellation for you is common ground that we have here. So that was that was a while ago. How has it evolved? since then and then i want to i want to talk about the specifics of the gathering
1: sure so my predecessor um, director of inclusion karen morrison was approached about five five six years ago by gary pine the athletics director at azusa pacific um to say you know hey with a faith 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 faith-based institution and to say you know we're we're trying to think about how to enter the space or, or to have these conversations on our campus, and we don't know how to do it. And I'm imagining there are other schools across the, the country who who you know who could use some help as well. And so, um, you know, I love it that it's membership-driven, you know, that, that we had ADs in the space ask some questions, and then we had some LGBTQ thought leaders and advocates who, who Karen worked with regularly who, you know, all kind of put their heads together and said, let's, let's foster this dialogue. Let's have this conversation. So common ground one occurred in November 2014, and that was a direct result of, can we get people together to start some of these conversations? Did anybody
0: have any idea where this was going to go? Um, or what? <laughs> Let's start with the first one, coming yeah, around sure. one. Did it, anybody have a sense what this was going to look like or sound like or feel like?
1: So it's really interesting. If you talk to the three or four who organized it, um, you know, you talk to, uh, to Karen Morrison and Pat Griffin and Helen Carroll and some of the others who worked so hard on this, Nevin Capel, they had this really intricate agenda with all of these things they hope to accomplish and maybe by the end of the two days they'd be talking about action items and policies on campus after about the first hour they realized that the whole two days just needed to be about conversation and building relationships that there was no way they could move into those spaces or those areas that fast and if you have a conversation with Gary Pine about landing in Indy to go to the event, he'll tell you he thought about going to the ticket counter and getting a ticket to get right back on the plane. Right. Um, folks were pretty terrified. For many of them, it was the first time that they had talked with someone in depth that who had a, an identity that, you know, very different from theirs on both sides.
0: And when you going into this, I, I mean, the, the first mm-hmm. question had to be on the minds of everybody, is it even possible? Right. Is it even possible to recognize deeply held, genuine beliefs of faith-based folks and LGBTQ mm-hmm. folks. Uh, and, and again, in, not in terms of, of just creating a conversation, mm-hmm. but are those beliefs and, and essentially who they are, yeah so deeply, deeply enmeshed in their souls that it, would it even be possible for anything to come from these conversations other than disagreement? Is that what, I mean, going into it, I have to believe that people were concerned about why Why are we even doing this?
1: Well, say, I think you very eloquently captured not only the challenge of the very first common ground, but that continues to be a challenge. There are certainly moments when we're together where this feels close to impossible. But I I do think um, at the foundation of it all, we talked about Pat's courage just to open a door and, and Gary's courage to ask a question and Skip Lord, the AD at Houghton's courage to say, we're going to host Common Ground and his president, you know, on, on a faith-based based campus. But what's been so central to this and what can really, what's brought us together and continues to is that we all care about student-athletes. We all care about their well-being. You know, President Emmert talks a lot about we're in the human development business. We're there to help student-athletes to discover who they are and reach their potentials, not just on the playing fields, but, you know, in the classroom and beyond, their personal lives. And so because we all care deeply about that, we don't want any student-athlete to to be impeded in that development by feeling... um, you know, ostracized for any reason, whether it be sexual orientation, gender identity, um, or holding a specific religious belief. So when you make that your central focus, supporting those student-athletes and then those who teach and lead them, I think that's the thing we have to keep coming back to. That and lots of dialogue where we search for and discover the humanity in each other um, beyond all of the clutter that can get in the way on the national scene or conversation. Because we live in a world right now where we often go to corners and, and don't wanna to come to the middle. It's a lot easier to say, I don't like you, I don't believe like you do, I don't understand you, you're wrong and I'm gonna go here. It and
0: simplifies your life by just saying, here's my lines and I'm not gonna cross them. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about the, 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 the Common Ground session that I think it was Common Ground 2 that you mentioned at at um, Houghton.
1: Well, we we had um, Common Ground 1 and 2 were both held okay. at the NCA. So we so did 14, 16. And then I said, wow, this is too important. We're not going to make this every two years. Let's do right. it again. And about a month after Common Ground 2, President Mullen at Houghton College and Skip Lord came forward. And Skip is a member of our Common Ground leadership team, about 11 Folks who come together and talk about every ten days to two weeks for months. We've been it's doing that, that frequently. Yes, and, and we we and that's how we've built relationships to you know to, to continue. And just I'm curious, mm-hmm. sure. The
0: team itself, mm-hmm. comprised of people yeah. of of what variety of beliefs? A-
1: absolutely. So um, we have um, we have uh, you know persons who are LGBTQ. We have persons who are LGBTQ and who identify um, as religious persons, mm-hmm. and and we have. Um, we have uh, those who um, identify as as religion and straight people, religious people, straight people. We have all you know, whole so gamut. All of these right? are,
0: are represented. They on are, this group. and
1: it's about eleven people. We certainly have a strong representation from the NCA uh, membership administrators, and we also then have thought leaders. Um, from um, the LGBTQ field, so folks like Pat Griffin and Helen Carroll and Evan Capel. But it's been really important um, to bring in, uh, you know, strong and evangelical Christian. We also have um, a Mormon um, person on our leadership team as well, Liz Darger from BYU. Um, And and what we're really trying to do is to make sure all— you know, all ideas and thoughts are represented. It helps us get to better places and we all have an equal voice on it. Somebody asked me, who's the leader of it? And I said, you know, I don't know. We all That's kind of step up different days. Uh-huh. I think Pat, from starting this 10 years ago, we turn to her when we get to the hard parts a lot. But, um, It it really is a a, a great group of people who are collaborating.
0: So you're talking about this group gets together and says, Mm -hmm. all right, this has to be more than every other year to get this. So, So what happened next?
1: Yeah. So after 16, as I was mentioning, Houghton offered to do it. And we thought, wow, let's, do, let's have this on a faith-based campus. And so we not only did the two-day Common Ground event with about 50 participants, um, and those, those are student-athletes, coaches, administrators, um, some representatives from, like, student life or other areas on campus um, come together for the two days at Houghton. We also took advantage of being on a campus and had a student-athlete event the night before Common Ground started, and then after the Common Ground experience ended, we had a community event. For the Houghton College community, so we really made an effort to kind of reach beyond the the actual common ground experience this time.
0: What happened? Let, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about that at Houghton. Uh, What happened within the walls Mm -hmm. of the space where the common ground session was actually taking place? You know, people I'm sure are probably thinking, oh, okay, another panel set up and some talking heads and talk about, you know, what our positions Mm -hmm. were. And then they said what their position was. And then we said we'll meet again and get something. It was nothing close to that. And, And I found what happened. It just seemed fascinating. Explain it for us.
1: Sure. Um, I will say to start that it's really important to have uh, a skilled, talented facilitator. And Tanya Williams, who um, uh, works for, she has her own business, Authentic Consulting, has been our facilitator for all three common grounds. And she's done a brilliant job of working with our leadership team to develop kind of the, the plan for the event. And We very intentionally um, create activities that allow people to build trust and build relationships. And we set some rules, you you know, um, kind of the no question is a stupid question. You can ask and not be fearful of making a mistake or offending. If you do realize that you've offended, you apologize and and try to do better. We also set that, that rule that you are not being asked to come into a space where you have to leave behind or deny any part of your core identity, whether it be a religious tenet your sexual orientation, your gender identity, and we all respect that of each other. So, you know, we spend some time talking about the space we want to create together. We also make sure to have about 15 or 20 previous participants to join, you know, around 30 to 35 new persons, knowing that the veterans, so to speak, in the room can sort of model relationships and kind of we do a little social event the night before, so to kind of bring – some ease or comfort to those it, who enter the parts space. Parts of it sound
0: like it could be a bit jarring. Yeah, and if you don't I, know anything that's coming, absolutely. That's coming at you. Yeah, you
1: and, and it's not uncommon to have you know ninety percent of the participants in tears at some mm-hmm. point or another during the event. And I know that sounds like really you know, but it, it it is a it's a journey that you're on because you care about the student athletes and and you know the athletics department and and college sports in general. But it's also a personal journey for people. Where you know, uh, you know, one one coach in Common Ground Three got really emotional and said, "You know, I've worked at a faith-based school all my life, and now I'm thinking about some of my basketball players that that may have identified as LGBTQ, and I don't know if I was there for them. I I didn't make them feel intentionally make them feel unwelcome, but I think I want to go back and call a few of those players and talk with. Them. I mean, it it sort of opens your mind to a, you know kind of a whole new reality or existence, and and it allows those who don't have faith experiences." To start to understand what it means when religion is central to your core identity, so it's it's a lot of sharing back and forth, and um, we don't always come to resolution or answers to questions, and there were some painful ones.
0: But dif- ask here. It, or there. it, it yeah. sounds I, I, people should realize it sounds like difficult conversations, mm-hmm. you know, not not even getting to the point of resolution, but right. just the conversation itself. Well, give us some illustrations. How and why would that? would that be difficult? Sure.
1: So, you know, an example of a pair share we might do at the start is that you go find someone who has a different lived experience than you. Somebody you don't know, somebody who's new to the space. And you talk with them about a time that um, you felt discriminated against or ostracized because of either your religion or sexual identity or gender, you know, sexual orientation or gender identity. And when you meet someone that you don't know very well and maybe share some of your, you know, your, your most difficult um, life experiences, um, that's pretty powerful. And when you stop and think about our hectic, fast paced lives, how often do we have conversations like that, even with our closest family? So I think it's, it's a way in to start to understand how others feel and interpret actions, even if the intention isn't to ostracize or to make you feel unwelcome. And I think it's walking in other shoes, not, you know, you can never have directly experience somebody else's life but you can you can listen and try to make that connection. And I think it's modeling what we would hope to do for our student athletes that we're we're listening to them and we're helping them on this journey as they're developing as they're part of our athletics departments.
0: How are you able to in in some way mm-hmm. gauge success? Mm-hmm. Through through this uh, this yeah. common ground initiative, what is success merely the fact that you were all together in a room for a couple of days and and shared some painful conversations, or is that enough, or is, is there some other way to gauge whether there has been success as a consequence of this?
1: I would say um, our view is that what happens in those two days at common ground is the start. Um, it it's powerful and it's meaningful, but it's not enough because if we leave after those two days. And return to campus, but there's no there's no change or there's no further connection. Then that's problematic. So I'll give you an example of um, an action coming out of Common Ground. Um, yesterday, a subcommittee of the leadership team met for an hour working on an action items document that we're going to have available for the membership at the the entire NCA membership at the NCA convention, where we're doing a session on Common Ground early on Thursday afternoon, association wide session. And basically that action item document is divided into two different sections. Um, If you are at a private faith-based school, what are some actions that you could do to make LGBTQ people feel welcome? And if you're at a public institution, what are ways that you can make sure you are um, engaging and making others feel welcome who are a variety of religious identities and faiths? So we're kind of looking at both sides. And so that for example, an athletics director or senior one administrator can pick up this document and say, hmm, let's think about how we're engaging as an athletics department and look at that list. And we kind of build them as here's an easy, easy, something you can do easy. Maybe you're a faith-based school who has never, ever articulated LGBTQ in any way, shape or form. And if an AD or a president says, you know, great start to the school year. We want our teams to do well. We welcome everyone and just says LGBTQ, what that can mean. To student athletes who hear that, to say, you know, they acknowledge me, and it's not about approval. It's not right. about, you know, we're not asking schools to change their tenets, but these are ways into the space where you can at least start to have conversation. So we want we want to see meaningful action on campus as a result of these intense conversations.
0: How do those faith based schools then deal with the notion of? I, I suspect if somebody did that, mm-hmm. what you just suggested. Mm-hmm. Just just acknowledge their existence. Mm-hmm. I suspect there are some folks who would be offended by that, by, a, by saying, mm-hmm. look, this is yeah. what we believe. And, and look, we're not, you know, we're not saying throw them off campus. But if we're truly going to believe this, and, and uh, this is not my opinion. I'm just po- right. posing this as a question. Right. Uh, somebody saying, if we're truly going to believe this and, and believe our teachings – then why are you, as our mm-hmm. head, it, it, offering a symbolic welcome to yeah. somebody? Yeah. Could you see that, yeah, ab- that coming? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so, um, so how does that there, get there are conversations, I know, on those campuses with, with the presidents and senior cabinet and board of trustees and ongoing about what comfort level they have. But, but I have heard some say, you know, um, the welfare of their students is important. Mm-hmm. And if that, that rejection... And I think by, by acknowledging... The, the diversity that's there. I mean, I visited campuses, faith-based campuses, and one of my messages is you have had LGBTQ students here, you do have, and you will have. So it's, it's, a, it's a decision or a choice um, about the kind of environment that you want to, to create for them. And again, there, there are different levels of, of what we call acceptance. You can acknowledge without saying we approve of this specific behavior. So I think it's sorting out um, how you want to communicate. But, you know, not to be dramatic, but it's absolutely true that rejection about a core piece of your identity can lead students to some really, ne- mm-hmm. you know, really negative outcomes, you know, from intense depression to harming themselves. And, and there are stories of that happening across the country. Um, no one wants that. No mm-hmm. one does. And, and we can agree on that. Um, and, and the NSA's role in this, you know, there's institutional autonomy for NSAID membership. Um, the richness of our association is the diversity of it. And, you know, our, our faith-based schools are an important part of that. So we're not at all um, the leadership team or anybody involved in this dictating what you should do. We're, we're modeling and providing some opportunities for ways you can be supportive of students, and they have to make those decisions on what's mm-hmm. best for them.
0: You mentioned earlier a woman who is um, a representative of uh, Brigham Young University, mm-hmm. Mormon institution who actually had asked to be part of of the, the Common Ground, mm-hmm. to, to see what it was like, and shows up as the only Mormon mm-hmm. within this session. And then ultimately through that, you ended up yeah. making a visit to, yeah. to, to BYU. Explain how all that came yeah, about. Yeah, it was
1: a really interesting story. Um, Liz called me, Liz Darger, um, who's a senior associate athletics director at BYU, called me about three weeks before Common Ground 2 and said, you know, my athletics director heard about this, and is it too late for us to get in? And I went to the Common Ground leadership team, and we said, you know, let's make this happen. It's important that we diversify the, the religious um, denominations that are part of this, and we're going to continue to try to do that. And so um, if you ask Liz how she felt, um, much like Gary felt coming to Common Ground 1, I mean, she was, she was really nervous and scared. And one of the exercises that we did about midway through Common Ground 2 was to get in a big circle and our facilitator would say, join me on common ground if you are this. So it started with easy things. Join me on common ground if you are the, you know, oldest child in your family. Things that, you know, you step in or you don't, easy. But and all got, of a sudden you're seeing connections. Yeah, but you're starting to recognize how you are similar to others and how you are different. And at one point, it was join me on common ground if you are Mormon. And Liz stepped into the circle and she was it. Wow. And it was a pretty powerful moment. And um, she very eloquently talks later about how, as she reflected on that, she realized that she knew how she felt being the only one there, but that LGBTQ students um, in some of the, you know, places that she frequents might feel that way. And so, you know, it's, it's again, kind of understanding others' lived experiences. And so that was pretty powerful. And so after Common Ground two, she went back and reported um, at length to President Worthen at BYU and his senior staff um, the athletics department had numerous conversations, and um, Common Ground, too, was in November. And in December, I got a call, and they said, you know, would you come in February and spend a few days on our campus and just just talk with us about this and visit a lot of different groups? And, and I, it was an invitation I didn't expect to get. Um, I was a bit surprised, but I felt like the reason for asking was very genuine. We're working on this, and, and we're trying to find our way, and would you just come and spend some time with us? So um, I went
0: tell me about that experience. (laughs)
1: Um, I think I was more nervous to do this. And I, you know, I've spoken in front of crowds of probably 500, 700. I've, you know, I've never so nervous because I thought this, um, I I have an opportunity to go and make a positive difference. But what if I go and don't say the right thing? Or I, you know, what what might happen? Am I going to set this back? Um, And because I thought, I'm not sure, but I might be the first person really invited directly to come spend two full days to talk about this, so um, I, I'll give Liz credit. Boy, do we make every second count. We even ate in the car. I talked to everybody. I mean, you know, groups you would expect: student athletes, group group of student athletes and their SAC leadership, the athletics department um, senior leadership team, the athletics department as a whole, uh, President Worthen's team. But I went to housing. I mean, I went I went all over. And you know, I didn't say a lot about LGBTQ in the start. What I talked a lot about. Was diversity and inclusion and what those mean. I talked about um, that at the core of it is respecting the dignity of others and and um, honoring um, who others are, and that resonated very much with the Mormon faith of loving brothers and sisters. And I, I think I found a way in to get them to think about this without feeling overwhelmed by LGBTQ. And then we eased into that and talked about what that what what each of those terms mean. Um, and the discussions were good. A lot of folks, I've been waiting to talk about this because I've had student-athletes come to me or I've had... So um, it, it was it was productive. And what I'm really proud to say is that, you know, that's that journey was almost a year ago. BYU has continued work in this space. Um, they're talking to their LGBTQ students. Um, they've got some initiatives that I think they'll announce soon that have been in the works for months. And um, it wasn't, let's just have Amy come and say we've done that, that we had the conversation they are um, very dedicated to, 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 you know, to this. And, to, and, you know, and I love it that through athletics, it's impacting the rest of campus.
0: What then is, is the next steps, mm-hmm. if you would, in, sure. in terms of, of common ground?
1: So we know there will be a common ground for next November. And it will probably be similar with the size of about 50. And, and so we're, we're already starting to think about what does that look like. But we, we joked about having a roadshow, that we need to take a version of this um, and maybe do some smaller meetings, but do it more on a regional focus. So we, we did do one of those um, hosted by Roberts Wesleyan uni- or University um, in the fall. And actually, we met with um, eight different presidents or chancellors who wanted to engage with us. We are going to do a regional event at Azusa Pacific in February and engage with their campus and then other schools in that area. So we're, um, we're focusing on some, some regional ideas, and we also have a list of 10 or 12 different possible ways forward that the leadership team is meeting to discuss tomorrow. So here we go. We're, we're, we have meetings all the way up to December 20th. And I guess we'll take a, a break over Christmas, but um, we, we would like to see this expand. We're trying to be receptive to the membership and their needs in the area. But there is no doubt that this is a, a dialogue that, that needs to continue. And, um, you know, we, we've just sort of entered the space. There's a long distance to go.
0: Have you been surprised by how this has begun to play out? Because it's nowhere, you know, if, if, if you, you can borrow the line from Winston Churchill when he was talking about the bombing and the end of the Blitz mm-hmm. in London, he said, and essentially he said, this is not the end. Mm-hmm. This might not even be the beginning of the end but it's someplace there within that. Yeah. How, how do you view what's happened so far here with Common Ground?
1: I'm overwhelmed, um, but in a positive way. Um, it's, it's the most challenging work in which I've ever been engaged, but I think it has the potential to, to make the most difference. I think we're at an interesting point in history and talking about LGBTQ and religion. We can look at Supreme Court. We can look at all kinds of things happening mm-hmm. nationally. Um, and I think our success is that we are staying focused on those who we teach and lead, student-athletes. And I just think out of common ground, if one person who is involved with that goes back to campus and makes a difference in one student-athlete's life because he or she listened, provided an open door, and helped that young person on a journey, um, then this is worth every bit of the effort. So it is overwhelming. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the relationships it's building and I, I think there's potential there. But um, it, it doesn't mean all that this is easy. You know, uh-huh. it, there are days when we get off those common ground leadership team calls when I think, wow, we're kind of stuck here. Are we going to be able to move to that next spot? Well,
0: that, you know? that's actually yeah. my question. Probably my last question for you is this. you talk about common ground. Yeah. And it can mean a lot of things. Yeah. And this goes back to what we talked about in the very beginning right. about, is it indeed possible to take in, in a faith-based institution, people who mm-hmm. deeply believe uh, in, in what they deeply believe in, and to be confronted by LGBTQ people who are what they are Mm -hmm. and deeply believe in who they are, right? So you have a who they are essentially confronting a what we believe in. Mm -hmm. And I guess my question to you is then what would be the acceptable, the hoped-for common ground between the two? Because realistically— you're probably not going to get the institutions to change their tenets. That's true. And you're not going to ask people to change who they are because that's who they are. So what, is, what will yeah. be the definition of a common ground that, that you could view as being, being a success?
1: Right. So I, I think it's that a student athlete, um, a student at that institution, um, regardless of sexual orientation, gender identity... Um, could say, um, you know, I was comfortable here, I, you know, I was able to thrive here, I felt respected, I felt dignity here. Mm -hmm. And I will say something that I've really learned, and and I was raised with a religious background, I've certainly took some religious, uh, religion courses in college, but, you know, we often say, you know, religion, LGBTQ, but religion in itself, just as you have to dissect each of the letters of LGBTQ, and there's so many complexities there, um, we often, I think, sort of lump religion all in one place. And, and you know, even with the... What I have learned is even with the, within the evangelical Christian community, there are so many different schools of thought, and, and, you know, some who would sign on to this and some who wouldn't. And so it, it's really difficult to name this is the success because of the, the richness and complexities on both sides, which is why I think we keep bringing it back to the student-athletes. And I guess I would say those schools who might eventually decide, no matter what, we don't accept that and we don't want you here, then let's make that clear that, so that as young people make decisions that, you know, part of it is this is who we are and this is where we stand so that, you and know, And this is it, where it, I want exactly. to go and
0: this is where I right. m- perhaps don't want to go. And,
1: and that doesn't fix everything because we know 18- and 19-year-olds may not have any idea who they are when they arrive someplace and they discover it while they're there. So um, we're just trying to, to, to provide support for those schools who, want to do the best they can for student-athletes. And I haven't run into any administrator as part of Common Ground, anybody involved in it who hasn't said, I'm with you on that one. Mm-hmm. We want to try to do the best we can um, for our student-athletes. And, and the, you know, in the Houghton community, the response from them of coming up to many of us on the leadership teams and saying, thank you so much for being here. You know, I think this is so important for our campus. And you know, and some of them, I may not understand all of this, and I, and I, you know, I know I need to learn more about it. But I'm, I'm glad to at least be talking about it because it's bothered me that I don't understand or that I haven't had the conversation. So we often get that reaction. It isn't. We love you and now we believe what you believe. But it is more of a, you know, I'm willing to at least enter, you know. We often fear what we don't understand. So I think part of what Common Ground does is break down some of those walls so that understanding and education can start to occur.
0: And I, I, yeah. I think that may well be a, a marvelous gauge of success to have yeah. people say thank you for coming in and helping me think about this. Yeah in a way that I haven't thought about before. Well, Amy, it, it's a it's a fascinating initiative, um, and my hope is that we can get back together again down the road a little bit and, and talk some more and see how things are evolving here.
1: I would love to do that, and um, always enjoy conversations right. with you. Thank All you so much. Right.
0: Thanks, Amy, you be well, take care now. That does it for this edition of the College Sports Insider. I'm Jack Ford, thanks for joining us. We'll look forward to talking with you again real soon.